0: Tokyo tonight. tonight. Get the fuck out of town! Fucking treasonous pieces of this is tonight.
1: John, how are you, man? How's it going? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm great, dude. I'm so pumped to have you on the show. So uh, this has been, I've been excited about it since I asked you to do it. So, no, that's nice. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Uh, I, it's, it's uh, a, it's a true joy. And so I just listed. Um, I, I said you were the co-chair of the California Rights Watch. Uh, you were part of the Cult Awareness Network. Uh, you're on a death penalty focus group, and PETA gave you a humanitarian award. And I'm just wondering, are you planning on stopping? Um, uh, making the rest of us look bad anytime soon.
0: <laughs> you know, I do what I do. People, okay. you know, yeah, people, yeah. People want to acknowledge it sometimes, but that's not part of. it.
1: <laughs> no, I hear you, Matt. It's it's incredible because I um, I was reading, doing some more reading up on you and stuff like that, and I was I'm always curious when um people in the arts at what point they kind of get into, um the kind of activism that you've been doing, but you've been doing it even before you were well known, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I started, I guess, in the early 60s, in the 60s, you know, when things were happening. It was the mm-hmm. Black Revolution, Brown Revolution, Gay Revolution, Women's Revolution. There was a lot happening, so you either were awake or not. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and I tried to tried to be.
1: Is it, is it something that you see kind of like a correlation between that and what's happening now? Because it seems like uh, a lot of the same kind of young people... Are, are starting to get involved and people are starting to wake up and it's either like a, a, you know, a do or die kind of situation where like, hey, you're either paying attention to what's happening and you need to speak out or, you know, you're blind.
0: <laughs> yeah, indeed. You, uh, and you're quite right. But it's, uh, it's more exciting now because somehow I think the George Floyd thing really, um, mm-hmm. somehow people have identified in a way that uh, before, you know, uh, it was uh, it was a different kind of country. There was a difference mm-hmm. going on, and the revolutions were true revolutions because people didn't get it. They didn't get that black people had been discriminated against and needed to be understood. They didn't get that women were boxed out. You know, there were just it was it was, uh, it, it was a, just a different time, and today for, I don't know all the reasons, but for a lot of reasons, people are waking up, uh, you know, there's this whole woke concept, I guess it's happening now, but Mm -hmm. people are really waking up now and recognizing, and it's, it's really exciting for me.
1: It, I, I feel the same way. And I think, you know, I mean, it's hard to talk about it in terms of like a silver lining on the, uh, you know, on the pandemic, you know what I mean? Because a lot of stuff, bad thing happens but during this, you know, pandemic, people have gotten really sick and some people lost their family members. But if you do have to put one on it, it's that it seemed to give the country a lot of time to finally do what they felt was necessary to be done. The protests, like, you know, people weren't working, people weren't um, beholden to anything in order to survive at the time they couldn't go out. So mm-hmm. they they just became more aware of everything that was going on and they finally got to do something about it. And that's kind of the way I've been trying to look at it.
0: Well, that's interesting. Um, you know, there's so much negative about the pandemic uh, that this has been sort of in spite of it. But uh, as you say, if if we can look for a silver lining in it, um, this may be it. That, that ju- it really required, kind of forced a sort of... Mm-hmm. Openness or willingness to look at least and perhaps understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane too. And so were you, did you, um, were you protesting a lot when you were younger? Did you go out to some of the protests?
0: When I was younger, wh- when was that?
1: When, we- <laughs> <laughs> hang on. I think I have a timeline around here somewhere. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I mean, you know, you're still, you're still young now, but, uh, <laughs> yesterday, like the day before.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I was one of the people in the in the you know marching against the Vietnam War. I was one of the people marching. Mm-hmm. Um, nice uh, John Kennedy was assassinated. I got involved with an organization trying to figure out what really happened, mm-hmm. uh, and those were in the sixties uh, and the seventies. Um, mm-hmm. The Vietnam War sort of carried through, you know. Um, so yeah, but uh, early on, I was as unconscious as most people. Uh, yeah. I didn't know everything that was happening. I didn't know why it was happening. For me, it was, how do I make it from one day to the next? And uh, am I doing what I should be doing? Yeah. I I was just trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah. And it's almost kind of a shame that some of these kids who, I mean, it's cool to see like so many, you know, um, people who are like super, super young getting involved in politics, but it's almost kind of sad because you're like, man, they should be doing Kids, you know what I mean? They should be out doing, they shouldn't be speaking in front of Congress, you know, or having to speak in front of Congress at that age. Um, I'm thinking of the Parkland students who were amazing, by the way, who, who have been fighting for the gun laws and stuff like that. But on one hand, I'm always like, my God, like if I had to do that when I was, I don't know that I would have been able to do it. Uh, it well, was.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. That was, uh, I mean, when I was in high school, you know, put me in front of anybody and say talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so right no it, yeah and some of these kids i try, I quite agree with you these kids are really heroic um, right what they're doing the way they're going about it they're classy they're smart they they educate themselves they know what they're doing and they're willing to take the risks and right. there are big risks involved
1: I, they're absolutely I mean as a community, you know I mean i I, uh, I was posting stuff during the pandemic or whatever and I couldn't believe. You know, you, you get like weird comments and stuff like that over and over again or whatever, but like legitimate death threats or like uh, threads against your career or whatever. And I'm like, and it's weird, too, because it's like it's they're identifiable people. You know what I mean? Online. So you're just like, I don't know who you are. You got no name. You got no, you know, I don't know if this is real or if it's a bot. <laughs> right. So it's just it's just insane. You're like, I don't want to pay attention to it. And then on one hand, you're like, I should probably be paying attention to these.
0: Uh, <laughs> on some level, and yeah. You, well, you can't help it. I mean, on yeah. some, you're, you're aware of it. There's always that sense that somebody's behind the bush or behind your back <laughs> or moving behind you, or yeah, one of those things.
1: I was thinking more like they were going to hack into me. I didn't think they were actually following me, but thanks. Now I'll, uh, <laughs> I didn't think of the behind the bush thing until you just said it. So that's going to be, that's going to be fun going for a walk, uh, <laughs> tomorrow and the next day. It's just starting to get nice out. You had to ruin it for me. Uh, <laughs> You're like everywhere, John, they're everywhere. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. My friends and I did a little protesting. We were younger. One of my best friends and I, um, George Bush was uh, running for his 2nd reelection, and he decided to come to town, um, to our town. And we had a very like, oh, not in this, you know what I mean? This is our (laughs) kind of an attitude about it. And uh, we went to protest, Mm -hmm. not thinking or realizing at the time that we lived in the only, Uh, we live in, uh, uh, we grew up in New Jersey in Ocean County, which is the only Republican county in New Jersey. (laughs) So, but like, you know, we were 19 and dumb. So we were like, we made signs and we're like, this is going to be great. We're going to, you know, we're really going to stick it to them about the Iraq war and all this other stuff. And we got there and we're the only two protesters with signs. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, it did not go well. Uh, We, um, they made us tear them up, but oddly enough, I made us hide some in our sweatshirts. So when we got into the building, we were just like, (laughs) like (laughs) unfolded like another sign or whatever. And then more people came over to get our, get our stuff. And then, um, I jokingly said to him, you know, we're here, we we may as well get thrown out. I wasn't really being serious, but uh, we decided when these were well, like, I think his daughters were there too. And they were going to come up on, like, you know, they had a bunch of people that were there. So his daughters walk on stage and uh, I, I noticed like two guys flank me and my friend uh, that were like dressed down. But like, we lived in the town long enough for me to realize like, they don't let, like people from my town. Uh, so they're being really obnoxious and like loud and stuff. And then, so he shouts um, something and uh, man, they secret service grabbed us like toots the really? Uh Oh yeah. yeah, We got detained and told we were put on some kind of, um, we were 19. So we like, we got told we were put on like a list. So we were a little I'm- paranoid or whatever. And my mother and stepfather, my stepfather was the chief police uh, and they were at a, a Halloween parade. Uh-huh. At the time. And so my mom just randomly texted me and she was like, I didn't really, we didn't really tell her what we were gonna do but she was like, Hey, how's the rally going? And I was like, Well, <laughs> I was like, We've been That's detained, awesome. and then she was like, Why? And I was like, Well, and then uh, but it was it, it wound up being okay, except for the fact that uh we wound up in the paper the next morning, and my friend's parents are like really strict, so my mom saw it first, she like knocked on my door and was like, You gotta call Sean <laughs> immediately. Oh. And, uh, so I called him and we went and collected all the papers in his cul-de-sac and I drove him back to college the next day, <laughs> like oh. six o'clock in the morning.
0: Aye. Aye. So that was
1: our, that was my one. I've, I've done other protests, but they've gone civilly for the most part. Uh, that was the only one.
0: But you're on, you're on, uh, George's list. Huh? That's nice. Apparently
1: I'm on a list. I know. Every time I got pulled over after that, I was like, Oh God, they're going to know. And then no one ever cared. <laughs>
0: So, did you ever
1: get in trouble for uh, protesting and stuff like that?
0: I never got arrested. I never. Oh, got, I mean, you know, uh, actually, I got photographed. I found out later somebody involved a lawsuit with against the police. Mm-hmm. And Tony contacted me and he said, uh, "You're, <laughs> you're one of the subjects of this investigation. Do you want, to, <laughs> do you want to have your name involved just so you can, you know, you can protest the fact that, oh my god, oh my god you were surreptitiously." Uh, photographed and uh, listed and investigated. And I said, yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, it was the Vietnam War, that was. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you were a big opponent of like the Iraq War and stuff like that too, like you- uh, we
0: we started, Robert de Greenwald and I started a group called, it ended up being called Artists United to Win Without War. Mm -hmm. It was funny, it's one of those things, you know, we we said, we looked at each other and said, we we really don't wanna start another organization we really don't need another organization right somebody's got to speak out about this you know this was before the, uh, the invasion and um, so we finally we brought in a bunch of experts and talked to a bunch of people and they were all fired up and nobody wanted to um, actually organize right so we and we got people to make a statement and we took got press and we did a lot of um, Hits around the country, interviews on various shows and stuff. Just trying to say, you know, there's another another side to this thing. Yeah. And um, of course, we didn't succeed. He went ahead with his invasion, and a lot of people were murdered.
1: Yeah, and that was the. That, but that was the time I think I I fully became aware of like how active you were in politics and stuff like that because I'd always been a fan of like your TV stuff and movies, and then, um, but then I saw you you know, yeah. opposing the Iraq war on TV and going around with other celebrities and doing that kind of thing. And I was like, oh my God, I had no idea that was going on, but it was kind of influenced like my direction and where I was going in that kind of way. Cause my friends and I felt the same way. And, but there was a whole lot you can do at that point, you know, um, but uh, I, you
0: for know, for us, the day, well, 15th, I want to say, I'm not even sure what month it was. Mm-hmm. We were part of this invested uh, demonstration that was worldwide against mm-hmm invasion of Iraq and um, he dismissed it as a, a focus group he said well, you know the press pushed him and he said no, I don't I don't pay any attention to focus groups there were millions of people in the streets right and not only in the United States around the kind around the world right nothing so I'm touched that you said you were affected by it and wanted to get involved and i appreciate that
1: yeah it was hard to figure out how to get because you know when you're when you're that young like we it was that was another thing like i feel like for some reason my generation just had one thing after another we were in high school when uh 9-11 did happen and then everything kind of shut down for us we couldn't go on school trips you know every everything there was like a little bit higher security around um you know that's all the stuff that we had noticed when we were there and then of course the war started and you know, everybody kind of got involved in politics for, for better or worse. Um, and again, I lived in a predominantly Republican town, so it was like heavily leaning towards that. And my friends and I kind of felt like we were, we were part of like, what we had sister high school. So one of the high schools that we were at was, uh, oddly enough, the liberal one, <laughs> you know, we had a couple conservative teachers who were the football coaches, shocking. Um, and then we had like, but, but I had some great teachers who, uh, who were very left-leaning and open-minded and. You know, um, one of them, I still talk to this day, you know, she was learning like her 10th language, I think. Uh, she was our world-lit teacher. So we, we had a lot of influence, but it, it felt like there wasn't a lot we could do, but we were just staying informed was all we could do. And, um, you know, yeah, the organization exactly. that we were a part of.
0: That was something because they wanted you to think there was nothing you could do. And right. staying informed was the single most effective thing you could do at that time, because you mm-hmm. were without, uh, without any ammunition when you had the opportunity.
1: Right. And we also had like the Daily Show and stuff like that, too, which I feel like was a large part of we all grew up on that kind of thing. So it was it was kind of interesting, too. And one of the things I got to give you uh, definite props for, because, again, you've been an opponent of uh, Trump's as well. (laughs) And you went on uh, Tucker Carlson's
0: show. Nasty place to be.
1: I do. So I I watched it when it when it happened. And uh, I don't know how you kept composure because we all know what he's like, but you nailed it. I mean, you were just, you answered every question. You stayed focused, didn't take any of his bait and his dumb smarmy face uh, like you did. Like there was, but I don't know how you did it because I was watching it and I was losing my mind.
0: I, I wasn't satisfied with what I did. So I appreciate your saying that, but oh, I, wow. he is he is really, um, he's really a rat. Uh, yeah. He, the thing is he's intelligent enough to know what he's doing. And mm-hmm. how much harm he's doing. And he does it anyway. And it's all about, I guess, getting over on people and getting rich and promoting his white supremacist line. It just is disgusting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it is it is uh, infuriating to because you can see what he's doing. I can't imagine what it's like being in the room with him because you can watch him and see what he's doing. He's talking a little bit. Like, he's, his mic's always set up a little bit louder than the guest. So you're always, his voice is always, you know what I mean? It's all, it's all tricks and it's all show, you know. Yeah. So you're like, oh, that's so annoying. So that's driving me crazy. So, you know, there's that going on. And then... Um, you know, and then there's he's twisting everything you're saying at the same time too. And the focus thing you have to do, which you, I thought you did extremely well, is just you stayed on point and stayed on your message. You know no, what I mean? All,
0: yeah, because you
1: only yeah, have a was, limited amount of time.
0: Oh, yeah, they limit you very seriously, and mm-hmm. and you know, that that was the campaign to try to talk the uh, electors into not voting for Trump. Yeah, but and you know we knew it was a losing effort, but at least we wanted to take this last shot. Exactly. Uh, of course he was not willing to right not willing to accept the validity of the point. and I just said this man has no experience. there's well, I don't have to go through it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has you, proven he has proven that we were right. Uh, right He has demonstrated his ineptitude and his the ugly side of his character
1: mm-hmm.
0: the ugly sides of his character and mm-hmm. and the um, damage he's done is uh, horrific.
1: It's got to be a double-edged sword, though, because do you do you look back on that and feel somewhat vindicated? You're like, I've told you, <laughs> or or is it like you're like, I kind of wish I was wrong because it was you know,
0: 100% oh yeah. right. no God, yeah, no, it was it's it's scary and and it, it, we really felt I mean a lot of us really felt helpless in the face of him mm-hmm. and you think you can you know uh, get out and met, make people know let people hear that there's an alternative, yeah. That was, a.
1: you're absolutely right. And that was a thing I think I saw, again, trying to look at the positive side of it. A lot of people I think spoke out that never spoke out before, even like friends that I had that don't usually dabble in that kind of stuff. Just at some point felt like I gotta, I gotta speak my piece here because this is just, this is beyond politics and and insane. And that was the kind of, you know, a bright side I think I saw to it where I was like, wow, people are actually seeing how dangerous this is and trying yeah. to do the right thing. And also, I was in a store today, and I saw um, you know, I, it's, it's like a weird thing. I don't know if this happens to you. Uh, but I was in a store today, and they had, um, I was looking at the back of the register, looking at everything that was going on, and they had like a Trump uh, bumper sticker. Yeah. And I, am- I really liked the place I was in, by the way. <laughs> I was like, oh, these seem like nice people, and they're doing a thing or whatever. And then I looked by the register, and I saw that, and I swear to God, it was almost like the equivalent... I don't know, of seeing like, I I hate to bring, you know, say, but like almost like a Nazi propaganda. It was propaganda. And I was, and I was, and I, and I got like, I cannot come back here again. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then I was like, maybe it's not theirs. And I'm like, why wouldn't it be that? You know, I'm trying to like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, maybe, maybe it's really not
0: theirs. Maybe it fell. I hope hope it's not theirs. Right. Yeah.
1: And then I was like, how do I politely ask? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <passive in> this. <laughs> like i'm like oh uh do you guys dabble in white supremacy or what's going on here
0: <laughs> is there a um, code word yes uh, excuse me i was thinking of coming back to do business here again but <laughs> clarify for me one thing yeah uh, one
1: thing i love doing is uh if they are a business that's like a local business or whatever and i go uh What's your Instagram? I'll you know I'll follow or whatever, and I know if they don't like follow me back or whatever, it's because it's because they can clearly see where my pot. Like I don't hide anything, so like uh-huh. you know, two posts in, you're like, oh okay, he's n- not a Trump, you know, not a Trump supporter at all, and there's yeah. BLM stuff everywhere. So yeah, but I was like, let me just get out of this door. Yeah. Uh, but is that ever weird? Feel like do you do you feel like that's kind of visceral response when you see it?
0: I I am so. Um, I guess wounded. I have to say mm-hmm. by the fact that 74 million people still voted for this poor sick man mm-hmm. uh, uh, when he tried to rerun uh, run again for re-election. Right. So, I mean, I'm I, I'm I've been working on a thing about uh, trying to write an op-ed piece about um, is uh, is mental illness contagious? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. mentioned the Cult, cult Awareness Network. I, I did some work with the Cult Awareness Network years years ago before Scientology killed it. Thank you. Right, um, wow. um, And the, the whole concept of cult um, mind-grabbing kind of was hard for a lot of people to understand. Mm-hmm. And only, only in later years now have people begun to be open, I'm a little more open to the idea of cult. But now you you, you talk, they refer to the Trump cult all the time, yeah. But nobody, really, yeah. nobody really means cult, but it's the best way they can figure out how to d- describe what's, what's, uh, what has seized people's brains. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, my friend grew up. One of my best friends grew up uh, Jehovah's Witness, and it and to get out of that kind of mindset and to, like he he and his uh, brother and sister got out of it, um. And but basically like seeing these signs and everything going on in the four years, like literally was driving him crazy to a point where he was like, I he could see all the steps. He knew all the moves. He understood what was happening. And there's some level of sympathy that you have to have for people that are trapped in a cult. Um, And then, and then there's the other people who it like, I feel like for me, it was always like, okay, do they know where they are or are they, are they part of it willingly? You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of, um, you know, people I knew, especially on like the, like, you know the older side got swept away in a cult. You know what I mean, and they didn't know any better, and they thought they were getting help, or they, you know, uh, you know they were they were suffering for healthcare. Whatever, they just bought this guy's lies. And I feel like there's just a lot of those other people were okay with it, no matter what happened. And it, that's the part that drive that I can't reconcile in my
0: head. It's tough. It's very tough. Uh, I was watching an interview uh, yesterday with a short interview with, with a, between a reporter and a woman who's a one of these apologists and it's mm-hmm. just there's just a blind spot uh, and if you get close to that, everything shuts down. Um, and they they otherwise it's they just eat it up word for word and excuse for excuse and lie for lie. And it's mm-hmm. just uh, it's really frightening that normally you know what we would think of as normally relatively intelligent, Thoughtful, sensitive people step over that line and become sucked in. I, I, I find it. I find it really scary. It is very scary because it's one of those things that we were told could never happen again. We're like, no,
1: we're. it's why we learn the history. And then you're like, what the hell's going on? Know. <laughs> you know, you're like, I learned in school this could never happen again. Yes. <laughs> Mm. Uh, so
0: that is, yeah. I mean, that's you know, the never again is the, you know, the Jewish credo from after the, after the Holocaust. Never. Right. Again. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then now we're like, it, it's, and it's weird because it takes on different forms. Like people have, a de- like I'm worried about the after effect, you know what I mean? Like, cause the Democrats uh, are, you know, I'm a, you know, registered Democrat or whatever, but they, they kind of drive me crazy in their fecklessness, you know, uh, to a certain, you know what I mean? Like, do you get the same vibe? Cause I, I get it. I feel it a lot. I felt it during this whole run. But when they were, anytime they said we got to get back to normal, I always kind of wanted to be like, "Normal's how we got Trump." Just a heads up, uh, you know. Yeah. Let's talk about more change. Um, and then, uh, you know, but I'm worried about the next, the next run because the next guy that comes along that's like him. Oh man, is he going to be good at what he like? He's not going to tweet, and he's not going to do. He's there's not going to be the obvious signs. Do you worry about that? Do you think about that at all?
0: Sure, the Ted Cruz's and the Josh Hawley's, you know. Yeah. Ted Cruz. Uh, followers. Um, yeah, I worry about that a lot, I think. And one of the things. My audience, <laughs> <laughs> I've given my audience away. I I
1: <laughs> no, don't go. <laughs> uh,
0: one of the things I've been saying to folks for a long time is the people in the rest of the world, but, there there's a history to this. Um mm-hmm. but the people in the rest of the world watched. They understood that we elected this guy. Yeah. We'll see that we didn't re-elect him, which is good. But they always they always know that we elected him. Mm-hmm. And that's gotta that's gotta plant a seed of distrust or fear, uh combination thereof, uh in their minds about who what who the US is and what <laughs> the US is and it's gonna take us a long time. Yeah. I to repair that. It planted it's,
1: it in my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like New Zealand's looking pretty good right now. You know what I mean? Like it's... <laughs> I <laughs> was have like, are they... Have you been there? I have not been there. I would love to go. Have you been there?
0: Wonderful. Yeah. Oh. It's great. Yeah. Fabulous. Wonderful country. Wow. With, wow. with Terrific people. Wonderful people.
1: If you go back and you got room in the suitcase, I'm very tiny. <laughs> okay. I'll fit right in. Um, yeah, no, they, I mean, their president knocked out the, the COVID stuff, uh, pretty quickly and dealt with it. <laughs> like, I was like, what are they doing over there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's impressive. Um, but now, I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like a little bit, is there, you know, do you feel like more positive about the, you know, this, the way we're headed now? Or you, cause I think I remember I, in one interview, you said you weren't really like, uh, I don't know if you, were you a supporter of Biden's in the beginning. I mean, obviously we all are now at this point, but like, no, I wasn't either.
0: No, I, I supported Elizabeth Warren, but right. uh, uh, and you know, I, I I I know Bernie a little bit, and I yeah, I, uh, think he's wonderful, and I'm thrilled now that he's heading the budget uh, mm-hmm. committee. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, it was Liz Warren and Bernie for when they were you know side by side. I could have, I would have been happy with either result, and uh, and I I really didn't. I mean, I I. You know, kind of was like the Democrats want Biden, it's going to be Biden. But for a while there, I was like, oh, this is, this might actually happen.
0: You know, you know what's interesting? Um, I, uh, my wife and I have been talking about that or have talked about that. Um, I was sort of reluctant about going to Biden, but um, Mm -hmm. there was really no choice. Right, of course. When he got the nomination. Um, But I have come to think that maybe, just maybe, he is the guy created for this moment in our country. Mm-hmm. He, he has that history. He's done all that crappy political stuff. Mm-hmm. He, seems to, he seems to have been touched and moved by what happened with uh, Black Lives Matter, with George Floyd, with a lot of these things. And it seems to me that he has, I, 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 I don't want to give him too much credit yet, but-
1: I'm right there with I, you.
0: <laughs> that he that he has um, that he has seen a path, mm-hmm. and he's willing, and he's willing to go down it. He's done it now with the the COVID bill. He's talking about doing it with the uh, the uh, re in, 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 in infrastructure, or they're not calling it that now, I guess. But what oh, I yeah. want what I want him to do is do what he said he would do, which is do away with the federal death penalty and encourage. Um, the rest of the states to uh, get on board with that uh, and he's got and and they've got to find a way they've got to find a way to pass uh, s one so that the, we can protect from this crap that the Republicans are doing around the country to restrict voting
1: right absolutely yeah those are the two main things too and I'm hoping for uh, police reform and um some you know the minimum wage stuff and the college debt there's a lot of stuff on that list that I'm hoping he you know, yep. holds up on, but he, you're right. He right. has, he has, Um, I believe the empathy, you know what I mean? Like,
0: exactly.
1: so that, that gives me a little bit more hope too. It was the the funny thing to me was the, just, I, I feel like, again, if you're looking for like benefits or whatever uh, this whole crazy time in politics, the veil has kind of been ripped off where you see how they play the game. And I kind of feel like uh, optimistic about the progressives that are coming in, the people that Bernie like had helped get elected, and left behind, and and you know, like Warren's people and stuff too. Where like, people were pointing out the um, media and stuff a little bit more, as far as like, which is hard to do because Trump was always ridiculing the media, and you had to be careful. But I feel like that was one of those that was one of those rare moments where you were like, he's kind of like the guy has been manipulating the press. <laughs> <laughs> even before he was in politics, pretending to be his own you know, agent and all that other stuff. Um, but uh, I saw this thing that drove me crazy. I don't know if you noticed this during the uh, during the you know election. They had a, uh, CNN had this thing on and it was uh, when Bernie Sanders was in the lead and they literally had a, a headline on the bottom and it said, Bernie Sanders or coronavirus can either be stopped. And I was just like,
0: <laughs> how are
1: you oh, equating the two? I was losing my mind. And then uh, um, one of the uh, somebody else from CNN, uh, when Bernie came in first and Klobuchar came in third, yeah. they were like, "You could actually say though, third place is the new first place." Like they said it with like a straight face, and I was like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> "Oh yeah!" Like yeah. so many, of the, so many of the media folks are so stuck in that uh, middle position, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rather than allowing themselves, and some of them, you know, I've met a lot of media people over time, mm-hmm. and. Really, you know, good solid folks and some are real pseudo-fascists. So you kinda of <laughs> have, kind of have to watch your right. Uh, yeah, exactly.
1: Where I was like I was like literally watching by myself. I was like, Is anybody seeing this? <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a screenshot. I think I like took my phone and took a picture of the TV and then you know didn't go anywhere, but uh, yeah. one of the things I want to ask you because I felt like we had um talked about a lot of uh, activism and stuff like that. So wh- how do you personally, and this is good advice for me and anybody younger who's doing it now too, how do you keep your idealism intact or does it waver at some point? You know what I mean? Does it get harder as, as time goes on? Do you see the progress that you've made or, or does it just feel like it's an endless road?
0: Oh, well, I'm an optimist. So I, you know, I think, uh, I think we're headed. I, we, we, it, there's a there's a phrase i've used in the past um we're uh we're on on a journey from the caves to the stars and there are uh too many people that want to drag you back to the caves
1: (laughs) oh i love that that's fantastic
0: yeah it's Um, just i mean you have to make a choice it seems to me and uh, i choose to it it sounds a little self-important but but i but i think we're i think there's an evolutionary process going on uh, mm -hmm. and uh, there is a tendency on the parts of people to think that we are it. We've achieved all that we have to achieve, and I think that's hardly the case. I think that there's a whole lot yet we have to learn, and a whole lot yet we have to come to understand and do, you know, take full advantage of. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, it's just uh, it's a um, function of living and learning.
1: Yeah, I like that's a great way to look at it too. Um, and I even though even it it may seem I know what you mean it may seem self-important and I struggle with that sometimes too but when I think about all the other people on the other side who are doing just garbage things in humanity with that okay. level of self-importance I'm like we could use a little bit more self-importance on our side for the issues that actually matter um and that's yeah. that brings me to a good uh, a good topic too because um sometimes especially now remember when Occupy Wall Street was going on yeah. and uh I went to I went to a few of those and um but towards the end because there were no leaders you know what i mean it it seemed to kind of dissipate um i i feel like i mean a lot of different leaders have kind of sprung up we have a lot of people speaking out and stuff like that but i'm wondering if do you feel like it's heading in that direction now that there's not really any focus because there's a lot of debate with defund the police i know i use um that slogan a lot and it is kind of antagonistic i think but it it's cathartic in a way to almost say it because obviously i feel like so what i'm getting at is like we know what it means right when we say defund the police but maybe the general population doesn't what do you how do you feel about the slogan like that or slogans in general
0: yeah well slogans are slow you know there, there are some that are very effective and some that are good i think that's not effective right. i think um defund the police gives the other side the opportunity to say see they don't want police they want everything to run crazy be crazy and they have to do everything they want and there's nobody there to stop them so for me defund the police is a a mistake Uh, i Mm -hmm. think reform doesn't satisfy a lot of people but that's really what you're talking about yeah Uh, um and it uh i think it gives too much opportunity to the other side um right that's That that's I just think it's sort of ill-advised in that sense, Um, but God, I mean, it's hard to think of anything else when you see what happens in Virginia and what happens in Ohio and what happens in Minnesota and what I mean, it's just and 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 South Carolina. I mean, it's just it never stops, right? And and, uh, and it feels like it's never stopping. But I think my my personal sense is that Trump. Gave permission to for people to express and be proud about their worst instincts mm-hmm. and their worst impulses and their most base fears, and the other side is responding in kind. Um, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter. I, I, it, people. I, I remember Bernie Frank, uh, Bernie Sanders, saying
1: mm-hmm. when he was
0: confronted by black lives matter. He said, all lives matter. And they said, no, <laughs> you don't get it. And, and, you know, for people to say, well, of course, black lives matter, but they, it's not, of course, because for black people have been told other lives that they don't matter.
1: I didn't know so, Sanders said all lives matter. Did he, did he when did he say that?
0: Well, it, I saw him at a rally when he was first confronted when, when black lives matter was first being mm-hmm. uh, kind of overt and uh, two of the women who I think were the founders of it. Oh, uh, right they confronted him and he said, of course, but, but all lives matter. But right. and they were saying, no, you're not getting it. And
1: right. 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 And then he changed it. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was, it was a hard thing to swallow for a lot of people, which is kind of funny oh. because I feel like, I don't know, I don't know if you feel like this too, but like, you know, some people do need a second, which is, I feel like this country is not, um, I don't know if it's because of Trump that we don't seem to have the time or patience to let there be some kind of turnover. But, like, sometimes people do need a little time to catch up. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm at fault for doing that, too, where I get very quick to anger, where I'm like, how have you not been paying attention? Like, how, what do you mean you need time? Like, it's yeah. such a simple issue. But, um, yeah, that it, the, the Black Lives Matter stuff, I mean, it is it does seem kind of obvious. Um, and there's a million different ways to explain what it is. And it still seems like they don't get it. I feel like the other side's better at slogans than we are. Or, or at oh, least just. Sure, sure they are. And it, yeah. do you think that's because Democrats are more fractured? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Slogans are easier. You know, <laughs> they are. Yeah. And, and you can you can touch hot spots with slogans and just keep people riled up, and it it works for those folks. Mm-hmm. They like to get us riled up. They like to get me pissed off, and and <laughs> you know, I get that way. You know. Yeah, me too. But then. I'm at my worst in a debate when I'm, when I'm angry. Yep. Me too. So I, I try to kind of put a lid on it and say, okay, let me, let me just, let me just work my way through this. Um, It's tough.
1: That's why Uh, I was impressed with that Tucker Carlson interview you did, because I was on the other side of it, losing, (laughs) losing my mind. And you were just like (laughs) focused and, and responding. And I was just like, Oh my God.
0: Um, I mean, he is, he's dangerous. He's, he is, he's he's a nasty man, young Mm. man and uh, yeah and younger he gets younger all the time and in terms of his (laughs) um, yeah he's um, just
1: feeding off the uh the youth (laughs) somewhere there somewhere there's an aging painting of him in an attic and uh (laughs) we 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 just find it everything will be solved (laughs) um yeah i i have a thing so like there was um um activism for I, I struggle with this kind of thing and i'd love i'd love your opinion on it just a- activism um when it comes to people making a profit off of it seems to i, I seem to have an issue with it almost now uh, now more than ever so you know i don't know if you know uh, are, are you on instagram at all
0: yeah I, i'm not no
1: okay um probably for the best by the way so uh <laughs> but um you know i mean that's where i i have a lot of my followers and i post a lot of stuff um and uh, I, during this whole thing, it's where I get any message out that I want to get out, especially for Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, too. There's um, there's a group out there, another Instagram account that amassed this crazy amount of followers, um, you know, doing a lot of woke, woke stuff or whatever, but curating material. So basically taking what people like me who are verified or whatever, were kind of in the public eye and posting mm-hmm. their stuff. And on one hand, I thought, great, message is getting out there. That's awesome. On the other hand, uh like maybe six months into it they started um making t-shirts and then uh, yeah uh, and yeah. and then I re- and then I kind of was like I was like, well I want my like I like that my message is getting out there to the 700k followers that you know they amassed over because they would just take from everybody and yeah. then then they started asking for money and they were like we have a patreon uh would you mind subscribing because you know we're we're starting to do stuff and we can't you know, we really want to dedicate our time to this kind of thing. And, and I was like torn between, well, I want to get my message. You know, I want to make sure people are getting the message, but I'm not up for selling the, this thing either. And I kind of just stopped for a little bit because it felt weird. I don't know. What do you, what do you, do you feel like that's part of the course for things or or, I I don't know? Like,
0: that's a good question. And I don't have an answer. It's it, I, I cringe when I see that people are profiting over your yeah. idealism or somebody else's, right. you know, sensibility. Um, and you know, they may be saying, you know, we just are trying to help and get, a, get the word out there. But it just feels a little stinky to me that uh, that they want to make money on it.
1: Yeah, me too. And it's weird because it feels like the, all of a sudden there was an industry built on, you know, uh, the last four years, too, because it was like hating Trump was like, a, now it's a business. And I'm like, that's not the business I'm in. I'm, I'm, you know, my business is going out on the road and making jokes and doing that kind of stuff and anything else. So the lines always get blurred at some point. And I feel I don't know if that's something that just happens in activism and politics and stuff like that, if, if uh, you know it's something that you have to deal with as it goes on or what, because it's all new. Not that the activism is new to me necessarily, but like this level of it, because I, you know, you know, you get a little popularity and then all of a sudden people start grabbing your words and putting them on stuff. And I'm just like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about that.
0: (laughs) It's it's a tough, it's a tough question because, uh, you know, I don't mind somebody writing a book that that takes some effort. And if they want to say that they learned this or were there or did that. Right. uh, One thing, but agree. to i don't know make a pupi doll and (laughs) a little little uh, um image of you and say he said this (laughs) right like to have a copy of him saying this as a bobblehead yeah (laughs) Yeah. yes that's exactly
1: it though and i was just like that's not why i said that (laughs) like that's the you know it's it's so it's so crazy now and everything gets kind of gets so clouded um so I, I love to talk about um, kind of Biden stuff you would hit on, what you'd like to see him doing. Um, and uh, the one of the things that bothers me is the uh, the children still being put in that, right. that detention center that they opened up um, and the wall. Obviously, the, you know, the difference of the wall. Do you, does the hypocrisy bother you? And is there anything like the level of complacency I feel like people have now that have checked out because Biden's in office? I'm uh, my big concern is that we're going to go back. And what do you think we can do to fight like down on that level without seeming like, you know, it's it, like, here's the thing that I struggle with. It's hard to go, Hey, I'm criticizing this guy, but you don't understand like to the other side, like I'm criticizing him because I want things to be better. Not because mm-hmm. I'm just unhappy with no matter who's in office. That's ridiculous. Obviously there's a clear distinction, but what, do you have like a method you use to fight that kind of
0: stuff? You know, I think you just have to you put you have to put people's feet to the fire, no matter who they are. Mm. As long as you're specific about it, you know. I, I think I, I don't know if I said it when we last spoke, but uh, I wasn't a supporter of of uh, Biden's for the nomination. You did. Yeah, me neither. <clears throat> and um, I have come to a place where I think he may be the perfect guy to 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 resolve the the issues. Because if Bernie had been elected, it would have been Katie barred the door in terms of hatred and explosive nastiness that came out because of he's a socialist, etc. Right. Uh, yeah. If or Elizabeth, you know, Elizabeth Warren would have been my choice and, and she's a woman and she's two left and she this and that.
1: And she would have gone after the banks and they would have been like, She doesn't want us to have a successful economy and
0: Exactly, yeah. You so, know, but, like <laughs> so, so, but I think, I think Biden has learned a lot. And I think the thing, the positions he's taken, as far as I can tell, in most instances have been, uh, have been very positive. It, mm-hmm. It's just, there's a kind of, he's an institutionalist and the institution mm-hmm. means you go slow and it means you have to respect certain, you know, people. you don't criticize the people on the other side of the of the aisle and the bullshit like that um right so so i'm not i'm not happy with some of the stuff he's done and i'm thrilled with others uh, other things he's done and it kind of i'm I'm just I'm, at this point i'm kind of giving him time um, i agree to, yeah uh, i i think uh this business on the border i don't there isn't a quick solution to that no and, and i think some of the choices like he made this choice about leaving the the capacity the the line at trump's and then he got a lot of heat a lot of hot feedback and backed off it and now he's going to come up with a better number well that's a sign that he's at least listening yeah and, and isn't perhaps as progressive as i'd want him to be uh, under certain circumstances but mm-hmm. he's listening so yeah you, you can ask for a whole lot more, but you could get a lot less too, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's the, you know, I don't know if we're ever gonna get to a point where we're, um you know, a, a country that that support, like the, the healthcare issue, you know, especially everything that's hit during COVID, that's the thing that bothers me the most is like, especially right now, it's that, you know, the healthcare is still an issue, even though we just had a pandemic that proved our country cannot handle this kind of situation. And what, we'll, you know, we probably won't be able to do it again. And then the financial situations, everybody's like the amount of businesses that closed within, you know, the first couple months, because they really couldn't afford to stay open. People who were, couldn't afford to live on, you know, um, they were living like paycheck to paycheck or whatever. I don't know. I don't see those being maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe given time, those issues will be addressed. I just feel like, uh, I, I'm. I have a genuine concern that we're going to go backward, as far as like, hey, everything's fine again.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a legitimate concern, I think, and an important one. It's just it's, uh, and and I don't, you know, he he's not, he is not a perfect one. Congress right. is not. Congress is far from perfect, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, we've got you know we've got this really odd situation where you got 74 million people who voted for Trump in the last yep. election. We elect this guy, and and it's except for those for whom it's crassly commercial, for a lot of people, it's just this fear-mongering stuff has brought out their worst selves and is giving those worst selves energy and, a, and an excuse to be uh, open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, man, it's a, it is it is truly a scary time, that mm-hmm. being this. Um So... I think Biden, for example, he's talking about doing away with the federal death penalty. God bless yep. him. Yeah. Uh, and he, he, that... he went further. He said, uh, I will not only do that, I will encourage the states to do the same thing. Well, you know, there's a lot he can do in that mm-hmm. regard. And fighting the death penalty for decades. So, yeah. so that's music to my ears. But you, you got to go further. You know, it can't just be the death penalty. It's got to be prison reform if we're going to have uh, we may have talked about this but we I don't think we talked
1: about prison reform and that's a good point because uh, Kamala concerns me a little bit just her record and stuff like that with um, you know uh, being a DA and stuff and I was I was less thrilled about Kamala than I was about it was like blow after blow when Biden got it I was like oh god and then all of a sudden they elected Kamala and I was just like
0: well you will see Um, Kamala I I know Kamala Uh, Oh, you do yeah uh, yeah i supported her when she was da because she refused to prosecute a police killing uh a, a killing oh. of, of a police officer she refused to go for the death penalty against the the perpetrator of a guy a guy who killed a police officer
1: wow i didn't know so, that
0: uh, she caught a pile of garbage for that i mean she mm. and she was guts she was gutsy. she was been very open about being opposed to the death penalty and uh, so I supported her there. I was disappointed when she was AG of California because she didn't do what I think she should have done about a particular case I'm involved with. Oh, um, okay.
1: What, what, but, I, I might I read up about, about when she was an AG, and that's the, the the AG stuff is the merely disappointing stuff to me.
0: Yeah, but you know, again, there's an institutional uh, involvement here. Well, there are two things. The, the one I don't admire is her ambition. She clearly wanted to be moving up. She wanted her to be senator. She wanted, you know, from there right. she won um, But I do think she's a principled person, and I and I I think she has done a, a great deal. Um, that is, um, that is admirable, uh, both as DA and AG and as the senator. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have high hopes for her being around for a long time and doing good stuff. I, I doubt that she's. <laughs> that she's got the stuff to be president uh, once biden is either out after the first term or Agreed. passes or whatever um and that's going to be a hard one um for her i don't think she didn't win any states i don't
1: even think she won her home state at all when she ran um are you able so <clears throat> what i'm kind of getting and you can correct me if i'm wrong is you're kind of able to separate um i think we maybe we all should be but like what she's so like Again, I wasn't really impressed with the A.G. stuff when she was when she was an A.G. Um, Mm -hmm. I did uh, when she went after Kavanaugh um, as a senator, I thought pitch perfect. You know what I mean? Like that was that was amazing. I really liked her when she was doing that kind of stuff. Uh, Do you feel like we should be separating people from their, you know, their time doing one thing and how they progress? Because that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, But it's hard for me to separate it when it's like um, like what you said, her ambition. Like oh, there's a person trying to move up, and how how willing are they like to do what they need to do once they get what they want?
0: Yeah, that's that's the part that's troubling to me. But so far, um, the the pluses outweigh the minuses for me. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: If, if that's the case, <laughs> um, are you get, so you've been organizing stuff like this for a long time? Are you planning on doing any more? Um, you know, um, kind of get rallying people together, other celebrities together to kind of. You know, maybe do a final push for the death penalty thing, or do you feel like you're going to let it see where it goes?
0: Oh no, I, well, I'm I'm the president of the board of a abolition organization, and I continue to work in that in that community mm-hmm. for you know, we'll continue to until until we've ended the goddamn thing, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there are moments, you know, you, for example, this case, I mentioned a fellow by the name of Kevin Cooper has been on death row in California for 35 years and he's Mm -hmm. innocent. Um, And it, you know, he was black at the wrong time. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's usually Uh,
1: how it winds up going. (laughs) Isn't it though?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or or, or at the opportune time, I should say for the prosecutors. Um, Yeah. But, uh, So I'm heavily now we're leaning on the governor who has got a tricky situation. He's got a recall movement going against him. And um, that's going to be, that's going to mean I think that he's not going to be as forthright while that's being resolved on some of the issues that I want him to be forthright on. Mm -hmm. But I do think that he's going to be, he's going to do the right thing. So I'm giving him some, actually, I'm in touch with trying to get in touch with his uh, the people running who running his anti recall campaign to see if they would prefer that i not be as upfront about my support for him on the basis of his uh, moratorium on the death penalty because that may not be what they want to see emphasized in this campaign so that's yeah. you know it's sort of crappy but it's it's right. um, it's real politic evidently
1: yeah well you've been you've been doing this long enough to know your way around that kind of thing for people who are just kind of um you know taking a stab at it or whatever how do where do you where do you draw the line between going like i'm gonna make phone calls every single day and show up at somebody's door every single day do you take that kind of approach to it or uh you know or 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 is it more like just polite badgering you know what i mean like when do you take a firm stance and when do you keep being polite about things,
0: I think. I think you have to take as firm a stance as you think appropriate, and then listen and mm-hmm. see if you get the answer that you want. And if you don't get the answer you want, you have to be more firm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's a man. There's just a lot of give and take in this situation, in, in these right. situations. Um, but, you know, certain lines just can't be crossed. If, if he turned around and said, uh, screw it, I'm going to kill a bunch of people, then uh, like Barr and Trump did. Right. You, you know, you holler. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. But if, if, for example, to go to that, uh, uh, that situation I just described, if, mm-hmm. if he says or if his strategists, I'm not even sure what he says, but if his strategists right. say um, it will be better for us. We want to promote the fact that he is in favor of, of criminal justice reform, mm-hmm. but we don't want to get into discussing the death penalty because it's a real hot button issue in California. You're still below the 50 percent mark in terms of persuading people. Um, so we don't want to make it a referendum on the death penalty. We want to make it a referendum on his work in general. Right. I get that. Um uh, because, I'll, you know, the minute the recall vote is over and he's still in office, I'll be back in his lap. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: um, th- when did you when did you start the, the um, was there some kind of uh, catalyst at the point in your life when you started going, this needs to be stopped and I'm going to devote um, a majority of my time to putting a stop to it? Or was it just like a, oh. something you just felt oh. passionate about? Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's too personal, I understand if you don't want to talk
0: about it. No, no, it's it, it's personal, but, you know, it's all of this stuff's personal. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I uh, forgive me if I'm repeating what I said earlier, but I'm, um, no. okay, I'm a scared, I was a scared kid. Um, I lived in a, in a household with um, an alcoholic, Irish, tough Irish alcoholic father, mm-hmm. um, and he, he wasn't abusive in the sense that we think of as abuse today, but he scared the shit out of me. I mean, I lived in fear that he was going to somehow, um, either shred me or desert me or, right. you know, whatever. Um, right. and, and it's a terrible thing to say about your dad, but because he, there were so many things about him that were great. Um, mm-hmm. but, but the over overarching thing was that I was just terribly afraid that I didn't measure up to mm-hmm. what he expected of me. Um, and I lived with that for, and he died when I was a teenager. So I, I lived with that um, long beyond when I should have been able to sort of confront him and have that conversation. Right. So um, it's, so that's the bottom line. The bottom line is that I've always hated, and I, I didn't realize this until later on that it was very personal, I've mm-hmm. always hated powerful people who take advantage or express their power over people who are less powerful right and you know me and my dad in short wow but but, um i was going through the motions i went through the motions for for school and when i got out of the service into the service and out of the service and got married and uh marriage fell apart first first marriage i had was lasted three years and fell apart and um, um and i thought i was what I thought was, I'm, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, and nothing's working. Yeah. Uh, and a friend of mine who was involved with an organization said, you, you really need to come to this place. And it was a place that we called, affectionately, once I became part of it, the, the house. It was a halfway house kind of situation, mm-hmm. uh, um, funded by the Salvation Army, of all people. Um, and yeah. was it was run by... Former addicts, former uh, you know people out of prison, people out of mental institutions—a lot of really, sort of what my father would have thought of as the dregs of society—and <laughs> they were, <laughs> they were extraordinary. I mean, these were some really messed up people and some mm-hmm. really gutsy people who were trying to figure out how to have a life right. instead of dying in the gutter, which is where most of them were aimed. Mm-hmm. And I was a straight guy, but I was just messed up so I got to be part of this place and there's a process you have to go through which I can describe for you but it was uh <laughs> you guys I'll tell you because somebody somebody who listens to this may 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 get it may
1: absolutely work. these conversations are always important he,
0: uh, my friend George said uh, go to see these people and it was at the office they had in a suburb of California of, of Los Angeles. And uh, he, they, I went in, I was just shredded because of this marriage falling apart. And um, they said, uh, so what do you want? And I said, I, uh, I want my wife, I want my, my marriage, I don't understand. You know, and they said, well, we've learned, we've learned that um, no matter what the problem is, everybody wants the same thing in life. Mm-hmm. They want love, they want attention, and they want respect. What do you want? I want my marriage, and I want my wife, and I want, I want, I'm hurting. And they say, Yeah, I'm to get it. But what we've learned uh, working with people is that, um, bottom line, everybody wants the same things in life love and attention and respect. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't getting it i said right <laughs> i'm bleeding all over them right um, right wow and finally i don't know how many times we went through this what do you want and finally i guess i thought okay they want me to say okay mm-hmm. what do you want i said well hey I, I, you know I, I guess i want you know, love and attention and, and, and respect mm-hmm. they said and they said i can't hear you and i said I, I said I want love and attention and respect, and they, 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 the two of them—one was a psychological social worker, the other was a former drug addict and just a terrible, terrible criminal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But he'd straighten out his life, and they both right. looked. They both looked at me again, and they said, "I can't hear you." Wow! And I jumped to my feet <laughs> and started screaming, "I want to be a loved!" <laughs> and suddenly I was weeping like a child. And these two, these two guys. These two guys leapt up and grabbed on me mm-hmm. and as i think about it today i realize it was the first time a man had ever embraced me wow and i was just raw just wide open and and they said here's the house here's what we do here people have come here people out of the gutters people out of mental institutions people out of prisons People have been sticking needles in their arms or blowing shit up their nose or people who get drunk every day and um, we're helping them. We're working with them and we want you to come there. So I came there and I stayed there for a year. I didn't live there, but I was an outpatient sort of kind of guy. And I learned how to live. I learned Mm how to respect myself. I remember in group therapy with some really tough guys. Mm -hmm um this guy said one early up or one of one of the early sessions this guy said uh, who are you and i said i'm mike and he said what the fuck is a mike (laughs) 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 well that's the (laughs) ultimate question isn't it (laughs) yeah
1: yeah you're like oh what do you remember what you said to him
0: I don't have no idea. I said, <laughs> oh, but I learned. You know, I learned in the process." Yeah. And, and it was, it was. I have to say, it was one of the most powerful experiences of my life. Being wow. like that. And a lot of the people didn't make it. A lot of them ended up dead. A lot of them ended up straight. A lot of them worked hard and you know made something of themselves. But you saw it all. we went into prisons and we saw the you know what happens there and how dehumanizing prisons are and um, it was um, it was really a baptism for me just suddenly to be aware of my place in the world and my what I what I needed
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I, one of the things I needed was to recognize that I deserved those things. Um, yeah, that's a huge part of it. Oh man. And uh, and that uh, and that things are available to you. You know, people are available to you. yeah it's if a hard have,
1: thing to remember.
0: Oh, if you have the courage. That what they used to say is people are too afraid to ask. Hmm.
1: Yeah. 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 That that's absolutely true. It feels so. What, what? Before I get into this other thing, I wanted to know what um did you do? Would you work out a lot of stuff with your dad with those groups of people and stuff you couldn't say to him? Was it Was it helpful with um that mental process?
0: We did well a couple of times, but we didn't do much of that. I mean, my dad was dead by. Sure. Years. No, That's I know. So. But I
1: mean, like, did it help? Like you weren't able to say the things you wanted to yeah. say to him.
0: Yeah, sure. But most of it was working it out one on one, you know, one on one with the other folks there. Yeah. And it's... Uh, it, it, I like I, 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 that line. Mm hmm everybody wants love attention and respect is has been the sort of bottom line for me for all the years
1: almost like a mantra almost And it's it's a it's a good thing to put in perspective i feel like people need that kind of like whatever it is if it's that or if it's something else to focus on to remind yourself that you're just not alone and the things that you need to make sure you're giving yourself and that other people are giving you um because i i dealt so do you? St- I mean, I it's safe to say I feel like you dealt with some bout of depression during that time and stuff, and they kind of helped you through it, right? I mean, is that what you how you would classify it? Or oh
0: yeah, yeah, was because pointless a piece of garbage, you know. It's, yeah,
1: and it's, it's that's the hardest thing to shake. Like I, um, I've dealt with depression, you know, on different levels all, most of my life, and I just um, there was a three-year period that I still uh, can't believe. I can't wrap my head around the idea that I, I essentially lost three years. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I, did a lot of stuff during it, but you know um, it was, it was still, it still feels like it was time lost because I don't know that I remember a ton of it, what was going on. It's not like I was into drugs or anything like that either. I've never, never did yeah. any of that kind of stuff or whatever, but it was just mental anguish yeah. and trying to battle it. Um, and the, you know, every time somebody says like, you know, um, you know, you have friends you can call out or whatever. I always want to be like, you don't know it in that situation. So just check on your, like check on people, you know, because I didn't know it. You know what I mean? I, your brain tells you you're alone. It tells you you're worthless. Um, and it's an, it's an, it's just a spiral, especially I feel like if you're in the arts, like the way, like, I think people in who are in the arts or artists in general, think fast, they think quickly, they think creatively, and that can be this positive, you know, upswing because you create amazing stuff. But if you have a tendency to fall into a pit, I mean, it works the same. It works just as fast in the same way going down. So you don't have a second to breathe after that. But um, yeah, it it was, um, I remember that being a particular rough patch. And then I wish I knew exactly how I came out of it Um, Mm -hmm. because I can't, I, I would love to be able to, you know, but I just like every day it was something you know, uh, I, I was out in LA, which by the way is the worst place for, I think, to be depressed when you just move out to Los Angeles. I, I didn't know anybody. The sun is taunting you. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's a beautiful day every day. And it's like, you loser. Why aren't you outside? <laughs> just like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, uh, I would have a man, my manager call and be like, Hey, uh, you got an You got something going on. You got to be at this meeting. And it would be like Monday. And they'd be like, all right, I'll, I don't want to bum him out. So let me go to this thing. And, you know, and then a friend would call or something like that and be like, Hey, are you doing a Thursday? And I'd be like, I can get myself together by Thursday, I think, you know, <laughs> like, uh, so it was like little things like that, but I just didn't, you know, um, it it got really, really dark for a while. Let's say when I, when I was there and I just thought if it would just, I would, if I could just end it, it'd be great. You know, I never, I never, like it was one of the, I know we're getting into like weird territory, but like, it's one of those things where, like, I didn't—I don't think I would have ever done anything like that. But I really thought that was a great answer. <laughs> like, I was like, if I just didn't exist, it'd be fantastic. Yep. Um, but you know i would I wouldn't—I—I—I would have never done it. I realize that now. I would have never done it. But I was really just like, I mean, if, I don't know if I could just get vanished or swept away or <laughs> like anything. Um, right. But it's funny that you said that you had that support group because, like, once I started, like. Um, It's so weird. I hate the phrase, uh, you know, misery loves company. It's a bad uh, phrase for this type of thing, but I think it works because the minute I started talking to other people and my friends and I had a roommate for a really long time and he dealt with depression in a different way than I did, but we learned to just talk it out and it was, and like guys don't normally talk stuff out, but he and I were just like great at it. We were just like, like if he was in a, a weird space all I would do is just check, be like, are you okay? Are you mad at me? You're not mad? Because I would overthink, like I just said I did before. And I'd be like, maybe it's me. And then I'd be like, are you? Are we? And he's like, no, we're fine. I just can't get my. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'll be inside eating a sandwich. If you want one, I'll make you one. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, and then you'd just talk forever. And another one of our friends, like, we just started getting this little group where we were like, you think about messed up stuff too? <laughs> like, me too. And it makes you feel so much less alone. Um, but it's hard. it's hard to just get to that point. I did a short film where basically the whole point of it at the end is like the minute the, the main character, um, uh, his depression manifests itself into a puppet that he affectionately calls Duppet. I'm a big Jim Henson fan. And by the way, they, they, they saw it and liked it. And so, but COVID happened. yada yada. yada. Anyway, I'll cut all this out by the way. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but like, but that was the whole point of the thing. By the end of it, the guy kind of um, like, he thinks he's alone. He's got this annoying little antagonistic puppet that's his worst fears thoughts and you know uh, impulses and then um his friends kind of finally hound him until you know he, he goes out with them to eat and, and then um as he's at the dinner table he kind of starts to talk about how he's feeling and he sees that they have uh, different duppets and one's an anxiety one and one is a you know um over uh. positive active or whatever and he and he kind of looks around the room and he sees that everybody's dealing with something
0: and he just kind
1: of finally feels like less alone about oversimplistic, by the way, but uh, <laughs> a nice idea. So, but, so, but that's amazing that you had that group and that they brought you out of that.
0: Well, yeah, a couple of things come to mind too. They, first of all, misery loves company. They would say they would flip it. They would say misery loves company, meaning miserable people want you to be miserable too. Oh, that's Yeah. <laughs> That's much and, better. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and when they said, "How are you? How are you doing?" They wanted mm-hmm. it wasn't just, "Hey, hey, fine," you know. It was, "What right. are you doing, man?" And well, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm coming. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm a little more alive here. Yeah. Oh God, it's any, you, well. Uh, indulge myself in some of these memories but it's uh yeah please stay with you yeah th- is it um it, it's weird th- like do you
1: find that uh because i feel like you're the type of person too when you ask somebody how they are you want to know yeah um and do yeah. you find that people uh tend to be get a little weirded out at first like get away like <laughs> why are you asking me about my how i'm doing <laughs> and you're like what it's fine i just want to know i care it's so <laughs> weird people are taken aback by it they're not used to it yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all good. It's just good to be less alone in general. Um, can I, oh, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about your book, if you are uh, if you could talk about it. Sure. Because you just yeah. did the audio uh, version of it. What was the... <laughs> well, I know you did. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> Which I can't even imagine, like, like having to do your, the audio version of your own book. Are you just in your head the entire time when you're doing it?
0: <laughs> oh, God, I just went back through, you know, years of things that I hadn't forgotten, but I'd forgotten about the detail you know right. and, and and here it was for me mm-hmm. i i just had a ball i have to say then awesome. some of it was tough uh, some of it was hard well, that's to what I,
1: was it harder writing it or was it harder you know to actually having to say the words and reread your own pages because i you know writing stuff like that sometimes can bring a, a flood of uh emotions back but then I'm, like having to say them
0: <laughs> interesting i um I, I think it was probably harder to write them than it was to say them for me. Okay. Because, because, as I said, it was it just brought back this flood of memories once I once I right. saw it and and remembered you know what mm-hmm. I was writing. about. And so no, it was a, it, it I kept coming to home to my wife and saying, "This is a hoot! <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> happened a great time." And this can. Yeah, God, I tell you. I spent some time in, in uh, involved with Central America stuff in the 80s and, uh, mm-hmm. and um, 70s and 80s, I guess. And um, I didn't know anything about it, but the technician that was there, I did it in a, in a, in a um, studio. Mm-hmm. And the technician that was there, after we got through some of the stuff, he said, I have to tell you, my mother's from El Salvador. And uh, he said, she won't talk about it. Whenever she talks about it, she cries. Wow. But now I know some of the things she won't talk about, and uh, and uh, finally I've talked about it to her, and she expresses great appreciation for where you were and what you did. Wow. So you just think, man, you know, uh, this th- th- there's just kind of no knowing when what you're doing is having an impact on somebody else. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that that's why it's important to get that kind of stuff out there, like especially what you were just talking about before, because anybody listening or anybody reading, yeah. uh again, it's all about feeling less alone, which is Oh boy. Uh, yeah. Um, when you went out to El Salvador, was it did you were you trepidatious at all, or were you just strong headed and like we're gonna, you know, this is important and I'm gonna push those feelings down in the back. How did you feel?
0: Scared shitless. Oh, was- were you <laughs>
1: that makes me feel because i was like i was really i was like i would have been also but maybe he's stronger than me i don't know
0: <laughs> you don't no. show
1: it by the way it doesn't it doesn't show on you so that's a uh, that's awesome
0: <laughs> yeah no. It, 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 i i started with if you know the book you i, mm-hmm. I started working with this refugee aid organization because these people i met were just angelic i mean that wrong word but but sort of like that yeah um and first time I went to Southeast Asia and then I went to Central America for them and then meeting people and getting to know what was going on. then I was asked to go and some of these human rights delegations, you know, you, 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 you stand face to face with murderers mm-hmm. and you know they're murderers and you know that they're lying. Yeah. And, you, and you know that your government is supporting them and you try and figure out how, uh, how how to how to how to survive this <laughs> encounter, right? And not that you're going to be killed by them, but but how to survive it in 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 a kind of an emotional way, and be able to take that information back and make somebody chew on it, so that they, if if you can, right? So so that they um, they understand the harm, the damage they've
1: done. Can you talk about any like close calls that you think you may have had because like the, the all the work that you were doing and the work that you've done I mean it's got to piss people off to some extent and did you ever feel like oh I'm not coming home like this is a uh, this is not going to be good <laughs> and then you know kept going or you know uh... or were you all and... well protected and
0: it wasn't so much being protected. I mean, my wife went with me to Salvador the second time, and and we went out into the mountains and uh, found a uh, a priest um, who hid us, put us in his in his wow place to live, and what more woke us woke us up in the morning and uh, part of the <laughs> on the door and there was a fucking battalion of soldiers out there, the, you know, the battalion of soldiers that we knew were were destroying. Peasant villages, uh, right? And you said, "This is, you know, this is where you don't want to go out and show yourself." So, <laughs> so you know, there are there are times when you think, "What the hell am I doing yeah. here?" Right. But uh, you know, walking through sniper alley in uh, mm-hmm. Bosnia. That was scary. We we were in we were in a we were in the the um, newspaper where, which had been put out of business, and we were being shot at. Wow! And I, I didn't I mean we heard the sound, but I didn't think they were aiming at us. But this guy said, "Yeah, we got to you know get down and go out." Uh, just stuff where you think this 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 really can't be happening. You know, I'm I'm just this dumb guy who wants to see this stuff and go talk about it. I don't I don't want to get in a firefight right. or something.
1: <laughs> right. I was wondering. That's exactly what I was wondering. If you had one of those moments, you're like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> this yeah. Is yeah. Not... Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Drive, driving in a truck full of uh, UN UN uh, supplies for for the refugee camp in mm-hmm. in uh, Bosnia um, and. Going and seeing off in the hill, Mm -hmm. up this slope, less than 100 yards away, a tank pointed at you, and you think, (laughs) no, no, he's not. (laughs) It's United Nations, for God's sake. He's not. (laughs) Uh, You know, just.
1: Oh my God. I would have checked out right there. I would have been like, okay, that's it.
0: We're well, backing yeah, it in. Somehow you figure you know, in, right. in, in Rwanda, actually in Zaire, when it was Zaire, mm-hmm. the Rwandan um, uh, genocidaires, as they call them, the, the guys who had committed the genocide, were right. in a refugee camp. And you could see, I mean, the, the hateful looks of these guys. And you could tell the refugees from the from the genocidaires because the genocidaires <laughs> were wearing military boots. Mm-hmm. But, and the refugees were, you know, if not barefoot, they were. Right. Into it. So you knew there were. You hear about these things and you think, no, nah, man, come on. They're not right. Gonna do that. And, and you keep telling yourself, no, they're not going to do that. And, and then they didn't. And you feel a little foolish about having felt that they might have
1: (laughs) sure. I mean, you know, you can't help but think it either. I mean, especially the situations that you're describing, but that's, that's unbelievable. Uh, was your wife ever like, why did you bring me here?
0: (laughs) (laughs) My wife is the most wonderful woman. She never, uh, never bitched. Oh, the the one time though, I I will say Mm -hmm. we were first day in El Salvador, the my it was my second or third trip and it was her first mm-hmm. and um and another friend of mine Rene aubergenois the actor yeah I don't okay know if you ever yeah know Rene renee mm-hmm. was it was her his first time there okay And we got pulled over by the military mm-hmm. and to dismount get out of this vehicle we were in and I I thought, you know, they're not going to fuck with us. We're Americans and we're in, this is the middle of the city. They're just not going to mess with us. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have the presence of mind to tell my wife and Renee. And when, when they let us pass, they said, okay, you can go. They got in and they said, oh my God, I was scared (laughs) to death. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, it didn't occur to me because I'd seen it before. Yeah. And they hadn't. All they knew about was the death squads, and uh, you know, wow. if uh, if you look at them wrong, you <laughs> it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But that's amazing. Oh uh, you know, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I, don't say, I don't say these things to 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 make myself out a hero. It's like you do what you. I mean, I was so angry mm-hmm. about what's happening in Salvador. I I, I went into. In, prisons down there and talk to a guy who'd been tortured by these bastards and you just uh, you walk out of the refugee camps and you know you can do it because you got a U.S. passport in your pocket sure and you think oh god man Um, you know there's, there's sort of no explaining how guilty and how lucky and how angry you can feel about right. it and the need to, to just do something about it
1: was there when you were talking to these guys was there anything that they asked of you or or did they just want to tell you their story or what what was there? was there, you know what was their hope by the end of you know knowing that somebody like yourself and other people were coming out to speak with them
0: they they th- th- there's a there's a thing i'll never forget um they tell the story of their capture and their torture in a kind of not disembodied voice a kind of of Mm matter-of-fact voice and it's like i I didn't understand it first but I, i i've come to understand it now from unfortunately too many of these circumstances but there's a kind of need to separate yourself I think from that experience and the way oh. they do it is to, is to relate it like it's somebody else um, had this experience. They did. They poured acid on my chest. You think? Oh my God! How could somebody do that? How right. could How could one human being do that to another? Yeah. And, and 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 this guy, I said, do you know why they they grabbed him off the street? And and these are you know. Men in mixed garb, but partially uniforms, because it was the Salvadoran military was responsible for all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, "I don't know, but I think it's because I'm the president of the teachers' union." Holy! Sh- yeah. I, you think? How fucking dare they? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No? How dare they? That's that's unbelievable. Truly. Yeah. Truly but but unfortunately it was a reality right
1: uh, that's crazy man i mean i i don't know how you did it and i, I don't i don't even th- like i hope you don't you know uh think that like i'm like you know you're not i, I don't want to say that you're not I, I think of you as a hero to like just personally or whatever but i know that's not you're not coming off as like you're like hey i did this and i did that like these are just mm. you know incredible that you experienced all this kind of stuff and um Again, like I, I think I told you before now, I'm going to repeat myself. But when I was in high school and stuff, you were like one of the first because um, I grew up, you know, again, watching MASH and everything. And then um, I know you had produced Patch Adams and stuff. So I knew who you were celebrity wise. And then when all the when I started getting into politics and stuff like that, you were um, I was like, oh, my God, I know Mike. I, I know that guy. Like, I, I can't believe he's doing all this stuff. And then I started to look into it or whatever. And it, you, your whole entire, you know life your career is amazing man it's just it's incredible you don't see it too much you don't see people who are in the spotlight as much as you were on one of the biggest shows uh that's still like of all time you know what i mean like it's still like in the top five of you know everybody's favorite show and then just going all over the world uh doing all this stuff it was really you know it was inspiring um and you know
0: Do you know uh, there's there's ed asner and there's danny glover yes and brian uh, cranston i said geez i have been i know very lucky. Very they, lucky. and really well lucky. and
1: it, you're like a gateway drug for uh other activists <laughs> <laughs> i swear to god it was like it was it was like you and then all of a sudden i was just like oh my god there's a whole list of them <laughs> yeah. uh coming out and you all guys you guys seem to hang out in a it's like a poker game i can get it on or uh <laughs> ed asner I, ed asner is actually coming on uh end of the summer i'd spoken to uh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that, and
0: he give him my love will you
1: i will i'll tell you right now he scares the shit out of me so i'm not
0: <laughs> he's a cat. He's, he's you know he's got this tough front but he's it's bullshit he's a cat. i spoke i spoke
1: to him on the phone for like maybe all of three minutes because i was calling it because you know his, his daughter is the one who books um yeah. you know his stuff so i called to talk to liza and uh and he picked up and i and i had this mini again i don't between between you and him i think i don't really usually get flustered i think i told you that in the email or whatever Where i'm like i've seen been doing stand up for like 15 years you just see too you know you get like yeah. numb to stuff uh you see people and you're like whatever i was in a laundromat when i was 20 doing stand up it's fine uh- <laughs> <laughs> you, you just don't care i did a cluck you once i don't know if you have those fabulous chicken restaurants out there uh where they were literally, i was like is there a stage and like oh you're just going to stand on the windowsill and i was like okay like 22 like an idiot um do I get paid in wings or what's going on uh (laughs) so but I but yeah I I got him on the phone or whatever and my brain was like hey that's Ed Asner you're talking to you should say something and my mouth was like no (laughs) and then then, then like he's like hey is Liza here or whatever and I think her husband uh had answered somebody in the background some guy had answered in the background was like oh no she just stepped out and he was like who is it and then he was like, "Who is this?" <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and I was like, "Is this is this Ann Asner?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, uh, I meant to introduce myself. My name is John Poveromo." And I went, "I'm an idiot." And he goes, "I've been meaning to talk to you about that."
0: <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was just, he's, uh, he's, he was just—he's—he's—he seems very nice, but also I was like, you know, <laughs> like but he's, yeah. I, but he's—I don't know. Yeah, but I'll—I'll I'll tell him you said hi and. uh you know, whatever. But that's crazy. It's, it's, it's cool that you guys have all that, that stuff going on. And I feel like it adds a weight to it. You know, I mean, we, we have, my generation's so screwed. We've got these influencers. We just are, it's just, it's, it, you know, every now and then I'm like, yeah, we're doing good stuff. And then you see like some idiot, you know, on TikTok or whatever, has got like a m- 3 million followers and they're pushing some kind of sneaker. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> like we can't win. Um, but it is, it's nice to see you guys doing that kind of stuff. And I don't know, I don't like the idea that if you're a celebrity, or if you're a um, singer, or whatever, I have um, Art Alexicus from uh, Everclear coming on in July. And, you know, I've been promoting it, trying to push it out there. And he's a big lefty, you know, too, which is a central theme on my show. Um <laughs> I don't want to give any. I'm not looking to give anybody else any kind of time. Um, But, uh, you know, so he's coming on and people were like, oh, that's who I want to hear from. And I'm like, you know what? Like these there it's insane to me that people are so dismissive about that kind of stuff because you can play an instrument or can act. It's like we have all the colors of emotion. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, uh, and it's it's weird to me. But you guys, man, you knock it out of the park, especially you, you know, uh, just with everything you've done. So it's it's just nice to have somebody like you to talk to. And are you doing? Are you planning on doing anything? Are you making any big moves? I can talk about. Uh, can I get in on a protest? Can we get arrested together? Uh, <laughs> is there who's booking the Jane Fonda protest? You know, uh, yeah, like, Jane,
0: does that. Jane does her own.
1: I was like, every time she got arrested on TV, I was oh, like, geez. I like, can I go there? I want to get. I'm out over here, you know, but not that I want to get arrested, but uh you know what i mean like i've done plenty of nonsense like that but uh yeah it was it's it's just crazy it's it's awesome
0: yeah So no, there there's some really really good folks really good folks uh doing really good stuff um, yeah. who are
1: you who are you looking towards politically i mean is i don't like you wow. know are is there anybody that you're that you're kind of interested in somebody we should look out for people should look out for politically
0: well, um, I'm sort of watching and, and hoping um, for uh, people like uh, uh, Ocasio Cortez and uh, yes, <laughs> and uh, Ilan Omar, the, the squad. Yeah, yeah, they're called Ilan Omar. I'm supposed to be in touch actually with the Presley um, about the death penalty. She's the one that's running. Uh,
1: oh,
0: Ariana Presley is running a, yeah. a, a, a bill to end the use of the federal death penalty that's fantastic. Um, and there's some, I got word that there's some desire to have a conversation. So I, I said, cool. I'd be happy to.
1: Fantastic. That's, that's incredible. Um, yeah. yeah. The squad is uh, those guys are absolutely amazing. And uh, I, I don't understand the pushback on that. Let me ask you this though. What in, I don't, I don't know too much about her. She seemed cool about four years ago. Tulsi Gabbard seems to have like, Give me like I mean she's on Tucker Carlson every other day. I I don't understand her well, angle.
0: I don't either. I, I I thought when she first came out that she was in in support of some really right thing. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, and then she got weird, and I don't. I never could <laughs> never configure. Um, That's the perfect so way to put it. Yeah, I, weird. Or my perspective weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no. I, uh, I don't. I don't get it.
1: I just saw an interview with her on, on, I mean, I try to watch everything as much as it's poisoning me. I feel like it's a little bit of arsenic, you know, to get yourself immune, like a Batman thing where I'm like, maybe this won't kill me. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's killing me. Uh, (laughs) But I've, but I've been, I watched the interview that she gave on Tucker Carlson. And I honest to God, at one point I was like, I must, I'm either newly dumb or uh, I don't understand what they're talking about right now. Cause I was like, it was all over the place and it was real conspiracy. She thinks we're going to war with Russia. That was the with Russia. That was the whole um, huh. and she was like, We're inching toward it. The Democrats want it. And I was like, I don't want it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. But I've uh I'm not a conspiracy guy really. So I don't right. I, I I naturally instinctively don't buy into that kind of stuff. And then I mean, prove me wrong, that's fine. You know, not you, I mean like anybody. Sure. Like if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm I'm happy to admit I'm wrong, yeah. but yeah. Um, can I get into it before you go? I'll let you go in like a couple minutes if that's okay. Can I get into some weird territory? What do you think about, um, so I, I'm, again, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I am torn with this kind of stuff. Did you see the recent thing with the Pentagon that they acknowledged the, um, the, uh, UFOs that they had, uh, flying over the, uh, Navy, uh, submarine or like the ships or whatever. And they, they couldn't, I know
0: <laughs> my, son, my son is absolutely on board with all oh. of that stuff oh all. that's so good to hear <laughs> He's about oh. uh, i have to say he, he believes in bigfoot too so no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tell him it's me tell him i'm the big guy. i haven't cut my i've been out since covid and i actually just got a haircut the other day i can't lie but i left it alone but yeah tell him it's just me
0: yeah. <laughs> just wandering well, he, in the woods he, he periodically uh, sends me some stuff and i i don't know what to think right I just I don't know what to think. But you say the Pentagon has acknowledged it?
1: They acknowledge that they're UFOs. They didn't acknowledge that they were aliens. But they are like, we have no idea what these things are. So yeah. the weirdest thing is, and this goes back to, so um, 20, I think in 2015, 2019, um, they, there were some rumors about pilots who had, who had seen some sh- stuff. There was some footage or whatever. Still trying not to curse in front of you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but uh, they, um, yeah, they saw some stuff in the sky. And uh, but then the guy from Blink-182, the lead singer, by the way, came at a left field because who would have thought, right, Uh, exposed it. He leaked these tapes and said they were going on back then. And the Pentagon about uh, a year ago, I think now, said that they were real. The tapes were real. The recordings were real. And it's literally pilots that are seeing these little tic-tac objects on their radar and they're moving too fast for them to catch up. And they disappeared. Like literally, like well, they were there one second and their maneuvering capability was weird and they just got out of there. That was like the first big revelation. But you know, everybody was dealing with Trump. So like I feel right. like the government was like slow leaking, like they're like, hey, uh, there's gonna be an alien reveal. Anyway, I don't know if you saw what Trump tweeted, you know what I mean? And nobody was paying attention.
0: <clears throat> That's um, interesting.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been weird, and I don't know, I don't know what to make of it because again, I don't I'm not a big conspiracy guy and I feel like if there was something that real, it would be hard for people to keep it a secret. But then really? the Pentagon said something where they were like, uh, this is advice news. Um, Pentagon said, uh, they are in um oh uh, in a, a what I'm can't think of the word, um, possession of um an alien vehicle. Ah, and weird. I was just like, area, they're either area,
0: this area uh, 51 thing.
1: <laughs> but like I have a hard time swallowing that guy where I'm like. Are they just messing with, I, I don't understand what's going on anymore. I'm like, do you have anything or do you not? But all this stuff keeps getting slow leaked. The the Navy thing recently, you yes. should look that one up. That's the clearest image they have of um, something zipping by these ships that they can't identify.
0: My son will know about it. I'll, I'll ask him. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> there wasn't um, one,
0: of the, one, of, one of the astronauts was, um, uh, I thought, uh, came away a believer. Yeah. From, yeah. I don't know which one, but I don't remember. It wasn't. Um,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. I can't think of his name, but yeah, I've read I've read some stuff about it. I mean, all this stuff is fascinating to me because I'm, I'm a very much of like uh, like if you can, you know, if there's stuff out there, there's stuff out there. You can prove it. That's great. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, they had that. Uh, I'm going to mess up the name of this thing. Uh, Uma, it, it, they gave it a Hawaiian name. And I and I it's like Uma. I'm gonna have to dub over this and it's gonna be like me like saying something weird. And, uh but it's like Uma, Uma Numa or Uma Wa Uma, something like that. Have you heard about that? It's this oblong thing that yeah. passed by yeah, yeah.
0: from just, deep space. Was, wasn't that fairly recent? That
1: was, yeah. That was like a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, maybe. And they uh yeah, they I, I just amazed that stuff amazes me because I love what our government and like top scientists are like. I did not see that coming. Uh, <laughs> and they're, they're like, we're like, really? An object was hurtling toward earth at an untold speed. And you guys would like, what happened? <laughs> Lunch break or um, right. yeah. And then they're, they're just kind of assuming what that kind of stuff is. So that always, I feel like you've been around the world enough. You know, maybe you got some insight. You heard something, little whispers, met with an alien, nothing. <laughs>
0: people on in the inside of the government don't don't talk to me <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a great thing that makes me
1: feel 10 times more comfortable now
0: <laughs>
1: yeah oh god well th- seriously thank you again I've, I've kept you for longer than i said i was going to um you're you're ahead. an absolute joy to talk to you man i'm I'm so glad i got to virtually meet you and you know uh one day i'd love to meet you in person come to a rally or, wh- or wherever you're speaking and stuff and that's very cool john thank you and yes. the feeling
0: mutual i've enjoyed this it's been great
1: Thanks so much, man. I, I really do appreciate it. And so, tell, your, uh, tell your wife I said bye. And <laughs> Sure will. <laughs> Take care, man. Dystopia Tonight.